host, Ben Brett. And I am Cara Brett. And if you haven't listened to this podcast before, this is the podcast that helps professional families who are navigating all of life's big financial transitions. So if that sounds like you, be sure to check us out on Instagram at Bounce Financial. Before we get into this today, I just want to highlight that the information provided in this podcast does not take into account your personal circumstances. Uh, Before acting on any of this information, you should uh, seek advice and preferably should seek advice from Bounce Financial (laughs) uh, at bouncefinancial.com.au. But seriously, obviously, we don't know much about your particular circumstances, so always good to get advice or do your own research. Uh, What are we talking about today, Cara? Okay, probably one of the questions, the top five questions we get as a financial advisor. We're going to walk through the top four ways to reduce tax legally as an employee in Australia. It's it's a popular one. Hopefully yeah. this one is uh, off does well on the charts. <laughs> Nobody wants to pay more tax than they should. It's the worst. Um, and as an employee, it's very different for business owners to employees, but we thought probably worth just touching on the things that people can do legally yep. to reduce their tax today. Yeah, for sure. Particularly for employees. Um, I think, you know, you see a lot of uh, information online about how you can reduce your tax and that. Um, a lot of that applies to business owners. Employees are quite limited in how they can reduce their tax mm-hmm. because unfortunately, every time you get paid, your employer is paying that tax already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's. I guess let's talk through some of the, the key ways we look for our clients to reduce their tax when they're employees. Well, we've said this before, and we'll say it every week of of our lives, I'm sure. Putting money into superannuation is our favourite way to dodge paying tax because it is putting money aside for future you and paying less tax now, and we love that. Hallelujah. (laughs) I feel like the way we talk about super almost sounds like a religious thing. It's like we're, we're, we're constantly talking about how great it is um, it seems suspicious, but it's just such a good way of reducing tax. When you take the concept of superannuation out of it, it is really just a little investment structure that is set up to have a reduced tax environment for you. So anything that is within your superannuation, any earnings that's within that is only taxed at 15%. So that's the first part, right? So yeah, any, In accumulation mode. Yep. In accumulation mode. Yep. But once you retire and you go into income mode, it's taxed at zero percent. Okay, so that's that's the superannuation. But anything you put into super now reduces your personal taxable income. Yes, there are caveats to this for high income earners that potentially sure. pay more, uh, and also if you've got a very large super balance. But overall, True. tends to save you money yeah. in tax. <laughs> yeah. If again, again, this is general advice, and and it'll be based on your situation, but you potentially have the option to salary sacrifice money into your superannuation that is going to reduce tax for you. Yes. Yeah. And I guess for our clients, we look at the trade-off and go, okay, yes, it's reducing your tax. The downside is it's trapped away until you're 60 plus. Um, So if part of your plan is to, you know, retire early, okay, yeah, you you probably need some money outside of super invested, but you're also still going to be over 60 at some point. And so that's a really great place to sort of store that money, reduce your tax, which can really help with the flywheel of uh, wealth creation. Correct. Number two. Ensure you are claiming the obvious tax deductions. It's very surprising how many people are missing out on some of the Mm -hmm. obvious things. Um, A good example is anyone who's paying income protection premiums directly, so not through their super fund, if you've set up a thing, um, you can claim those back. 
Correct. Um, there's home office expenses. Um, one thing I see quite regularly is people who make superannuation contributions, but uh, like direct, don't claim them. but don't claim <laughs> yeah. them. Um, people who work for Queensland government who make sure uh, contributions incorrectly, um, they can claim them as well. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things that you're potentially missing just through the administrative oversight of it all. Correct. Um, which is why having a financial advisor and a good accountant could be really helpful. So make sure you're covering all of the potential tax deductions for your job. You might not be able to claim everything, but ask the question, take the receipts to your accountant, figure out what you can and can't claim. Yeah. The key is here is is don't create deductions for the sake of creating deductions. Um, Spending money to get a small portion back in tax doesn't make a lot of sense unless you intended to spend that money anyway. Correct. Um, But yeah, anything you can claim, claim it. Mm. Number three is health insurance. Mm. So if you earn over a certain amount as a single and a couple, you are going to be subject to the Medicare surcharge levy, which is an additional tax on top of what you're already paying for Medicare. Yes. If you have health insurance, you don't have to pay that surcharge levy. Yes. Now, if you're going to pay the money anyway, you may as well get something for it, which is private health care. Yes. As opposed to just paying extra tax yeah we i get this question a lot about whether it's worth paying for private health um a lot i guess a lot of people have opinions on whether they consider it worth it whether Mm. they think it's a waste of money um talk to people in the health sector before you Mm. form these opinions uh it's amazing how little information they're based on for such a big part of their finances Uh, or a big part of their health that, you know, like if you, if you lose your health, there's no point in having money. Um, so, yeah, it's it's important you get that right. Um, the other thing that is important to note about health insurance is a lot of people just have extras health insurance yep. and that doesn't negate the Medicare le- surcharge levy. Yes. It needs to be the private hospital cover. Yep to ensure that you're not paying the excess tax. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people don't actually realise that's so important to note as well. Yeah. So if you have a high family income, it's definitely worth looking at health insurance to see if you can reduce your tax and to give you health insurance. Yeah. I mean, you get something for it. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Um, number four, investment properties. And then we've written down a little star next to it, a little little uh, caveat, if we will. Correct, yeah. Um, I think, I mean, most people, when they think about reducing tax, the immediate thought Is goes an to property. an investment property. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about, I guess, what that means and why that might be a way of reducing tax. So let's take a step back. The purpose of an investment property, if you're thinking long-term, should be to make money and grow your wealth. Yep. Now, if you are making money and growing wealth, that means you aren't losing money. And that may mean you potentially pay a little bit of tax on that. Yes. How do you get a tax deduction out of that, though? <laughs> you don't. You don't. If you, oh, if okay. you make money, you don't get a tax deduction. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. Most, many investment properties, when you purchase them, and particularly with high interest rates they are now. Current situation, yeah. It may be the case that your rent does not cover the costs of the investment property. It doesn't cover the interest cost. It doesn't cover the real estate fee, insurance, things that you need to to pay to run an investment property. And so you make what's called an investment loss. You lose money. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, you can then claim some of that back. Now, it's important to note, if you lose $10,000, you're not getting $10,000 back. The government is not compensating you for running a bad investment. They don't care. 
Um, what you can do is offset it against some of the other tax you pay, so you may get a portion of it back. Yes. So say, for example, your tax rate is 37%, you may get 37% of that 10 grand back, mm-hmm. but you're still losing money. Yeah. And why would you lose money? <laughs> well, this is a term called negatively geared, right? Yeah. Now, long term, do we want our investments to lose money? Well, the answer is no. Yes. Definitely not for me. Yes. And I typically have a bit of a rule that says if you are going to have a negatively geared property, you want to make sure that at some stage in the future you sell it for over and above all of the losses you have made for every year you have held it. Yes. Otherwise, you just had an investment that lost money every single year. Now, unfortunately, some people employ this strategy purely to reduce tax, but you've actively chosen an investment year on year to reduce tax that is costing you money. So firstly, you've got to put your hand in your pocket to top it up to get a little bit of tax back. It's not, it doesn't really make that much sense. Yeah. The goal, I guess, with the negatively geared property is it is rising so much in value that Mm -hmm. is justifying those losses you're making. And I talk to a lot of people who have held property for 10 years, it's gone nowhere. Mm -hmm. And each year they've, they've had to put extra into it. They've got a little bit of tax back, but they've lost money. Um, And, Usually we'll be having the discussion of, do we think it's going to go up in value? No, we don't think it's going to go up. So, well, let's get rid of it. It's it's, it's a loss. Um, and that can be hard to stomach to, you know, some investments just don't do well. Mm. Um, but yes, an investment property can potentially be a good way of reducing your tax in the short term um, because investment properties are expensive. Yeah. There's a lot of costs involved in running an investment property, um, you know, you can claim the depreciation of certain things, um, but those things are depreciating. They're breaking down. They need to be replaced. They need to be repaired. Um, but yeah, invest property can be a can be a good way of reducing your tax. Yeah. But again, you need to consider it for your situation and thinking long term as to what the the overall goal is with the investment property. What your plan to potentially sell it, keep it, like what is the long-term play here? Yes. Yeah, and and tracking its performance every year, understanding is it going up. Is, is it likely to go up? Um, you know, just saying generic things like the Olympics are coming up doesn't mean it's going to go up. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there needs to be a particular reason why your property is going to be desirable into the future. Yeah. So our general rule is we're not buying something for the sole purpose of getting a tax deduction. That's the same with cars and it's the exact same with investment properties. It does need to be a considered purchase and sometimes it really works for you, but don't think that the concept of just buying an investment property that's losing money is the best way to reduce your tax. I feel like we went quite heavy on this. <laughs> the thing is, we're actually pro-investment properties. We have one. It's have, not, have one myself. It's not a bad thing, but you need to understand what's actually happening. Yeah, I think we've just seen too many people lose money on investment properties and not even realise that they're doing something bad for their finances. Correct. Yeah. So, um, we both have a bonus one we'd like to add. Yes. yes. Um, can I go first? Go first. Contributing to charity. Yeah, true. This is this is forgotten regularly. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I've got to lose money. you got to, like, it, it, the investment property is a great example. Um, a mortgage broker shared on my LinkedIn this week that someone was seeking to pay as much interest as possible on their loan so they could get the maximum tax deduction and obviously you had to talk him out of that. If you really, really, really want a tax deduction, give some money to charity. Hmm. It's better that. than the bank. Yeah. <laughs> You can feel good about yourself. You get a nice little tax deduction. Again, you're not going to get the full amount back. So if you give $100 to charity, you're not going to get the 100 bucks back. You'll get the $37 or whatever your tax rate is. Um, but it's a great way of reducing tax. Yeah, exactly. 
My bonus one is to work for a not-for-profit. Yes. Not-for-profit, certain sectors in the government like Queensland Health, et cetera, and I'm sure there are all over Australia as well. Yep. They have additional salary packaging benefits that essentially allows you to have a higher level of income with a lower level of tax. Now, it's different depending on who you work for and, and how your pay is structured. But like, again, as a general rule, you potentially can earn up to another ten dollars to $15,000 a year of tax-free income Yes, through that structure. So if you are in that sector and you can strategically go and work for a not-for-profit, sometimes you will end up with more money in the hand, even if the income is a little bit less than it was before for you. Yeah. I, I mean, I think a lot of people in these sectors know about this, mm-hmm. but in like for a lot of our clients, they'll come to us and they'll be in that sector and they'll say, oh, look, I'm comparing these two jobs. And that tax deduction is actually a big part of going, well, this is probably the better option um, because even though perhaps you're earning the same or a lesser amount, the, the take-home pay is higher, yeah. um, which is great. So, yeah, I have definitely seen some people strategically move into those sectors for that and yeah. uh, great. And it can be a great way of giving back. If you want to work for a not-for-profit, mm-hmm. it's another another great way of sort of giving back and um, being remunerated for it. I guess overall the way that we see the world is that tax is actually a part of life, right? We realistically can't completely reduce this unless you only want to earn $18,000 a year. Yes. So we we pay tax, we contribute to society, we build roads, you know, we contribute to childcare, all of that. That is what tax is for. But we still want to try and reduce it as much as possible, not to the detriment of ourselves, however. So when we talk about that, that's where we're saying, well, we don't want to go and spend money that we weren't already going to spend just to get a tax reduction. We don't want to lose money to get a tax reduction. We want to reduce it as much as we can, but not to the detriment of ourselves. Yeah. The the framework I tend to apply is, all right, how do we get the right structures in place to set it up? Um, And then every year we just lodge our tax returns, let our accountant do his thing. Like you really don't need to be making decisions in life to try to reduce your tax. You probably want to be maximizing your income and letting tax sort itself out. Exactly. Awesome. Until next time, guys. See you later. Bye.